Should we be talking about Iowa State's Brees Hall in the same prospect tier as Jonathan Taylor, Saquon Barkley, and Ezekiel Elliott? All that and more on this episode of the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. Today's episode is brought to you by by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Welcome into the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast, everybody. I am Kate Majuk. You can follow me on Twitter at FFBallBlast. And as always, I'm joined by the fantastic Marcus Mosier. You could follow him on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Hit that subscribe button. Make sure you don't miss any upcoming shows because, guys, we have the combine in the rearview mirror, and we are going to start ramping up at a very, very rapid pace. I I, I don't know if we'll, uh, like, what our, our pace will look like in terms of 40-yard dash split times, uh, but it's it's going to be fast, guys. Fast, fast, and we got the NFL draft right around the corner, so help us help you build the ultimate dynasty team and leave those five-star reviews. Please, please. Yeah, okay, we got a busy show today. We're going to start with some NFL Combine stuff and eventually get to a mock draft Monday uh, here in the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, but let's let's start with some of the Combine stuff. So I don't know if it's fun to do winners and losers and all that kind of stuff. I just There's a couple guys I want to talk about today that I think had just ridiculously good Combines. The first is Brees Hall, who many people have as the RB1 in this class. Uh, Brees Hall ran a 4 4 uh, it was a 4 3 9 40-yard dash at 217 pounds. Going into the week, Kate, he was basically everybody's RB1. That probably shouldn't change, right? So my question to you is, should we start looking at Brees Hall rather than being a Javante Williams-level prospect, a Josh Jacobs-level prospect, instead being more of a Saquon Barkley or Jonathan Taylor-level of prospect? I mean, the nice. so the nicest thing about about Brees Hall overall as a prospect, maybe in comparison to some of these other top running backs like Isaiah Spiller, like Kenny Walker, is that he's just so much more well-rounded. He is a refined product in so many more senses. Like I've called Kenneth Walker my favorite pure runner of the class, but he's missing that receiving skill set. Like Brees Hall has it all. Now we polish that off with, like just absolute dominance at the combine. So he showcased that he was every bit the athlete that we already thought he was. I'm not ready to peg him as a Jonathan Taylor just yet. Well, and we should, when I say that, I should, I should mention, I'm not saying like going to be the number two I pick know. in the draft, or we're talking about like the I prospect know. profile coming out. Right. And yeah. I gotta say though, it's, it's very intriguing because since 2015, there's only been three of these guys. It's Brees Hall, Jonathan Taylor, and Saquon Gar- Barkley, guys that have run a sub 4440 and that are over 215 pounds. He's not quite as heavy as those guys, uh, but it's still it's impressive. But again, it, it comes back to just the 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 overall balance that Brees Hall shows and again, it translates back to the field, which is the most exciting part. Um, Brees Hall, definitely by far and away, if he wasn't already your RB1, he absolutely is. Um, 
again, just the the well-rounded nature to his game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think, you know, Jonathan Taylor has him edged out in terms of, you know, that collegiate production, even though Brees Hall's uh, plenty it, it, productive. Yeah, it's good. It's just not quite the same, right? But as a as a physical prospects, you've got to be excited. Now, is there a chance that with this excellent combine paired with the excellent prospect that we know, is there a chance he slips into the first round? Because we've talked on the show before. We don't. We didn't necessarily have any running backs right. projected for round one. Are there any teams towards the back of the first round or even mid first round that you could picture taking a chance on Brees Hall? Probably not, right? I, I mean, I know the teams that are going to be mentioned all the time are the Cardinals, the the Bills, will Tampa Bay draft one, will the Dolphins? I, I just don't see it, right? I think uh, we can go through all those, right? I think the Dolphins are probably going to address their offensive line. And Mike McDaniel comes from the Kyle Shanahan coaching tree, obviously. They don't spend first-round picks on running backs, right? They, they pick up Why would guys, you? Why would you? They pick up guys like Elijah Mitchell in the seventh round, and they're just fine. Buffalo, I don't know. I, I, I've got a feeling Buffalo is just not going to do that. The Cardinals, maybe. But I think the Cardinals have other issues. I think your hope is that there's a team at the bottom of – excuse me, at the top of the second round that maybe gets a little antsy and trades up, right, to pick 31 or pick 32 to get that fifth-year option. Whether that's, you know, the Jets or the Falcons or somebody like that. But I, if I had to bet, I would say no, probably not going to get the first-round draft capital. Uh, you know, and this is, like, kind of not necessarily dynasty football-related, but uh, in terms of consideration of where these guys are going to be drafted – the more and more that data that comes out about rookie uh, or sorry, veteran running backs getting off of their rookie contracts and getting that second deal and just the massive drop off of production there, the more I think, man, why aren't some more of these teams trading up into the first round or even trading back from their position, gaining more draft capital and picking up running backs, getting that fifth year option Cause that's one more year that you don't have to worry about this massive extension for your running backs. Cause we know after that, it's not worth it. I, it's just, it's, it's a fascinating. Well, it, it, the it's the fascinating, fascinating part discussion. is though too, like some teams are looking at it as a negative though. For example, the Raiders have Josh Jacobs, who is a really good player, right? I think three straight seasons uh, of at least 1200 yards from scrimmage. I think by all accounts, we think of him as a, I mean, not not in the like a fantasy or dynasty sense, like a top fifteen running back in the league, right? But his fifth year option, I believe, is like eleven million. Do you want to give, you know, Josh Jacobs eleven million dollars guaranteed two years from now? I, I think the Raiders are going to decline that option, hoping that they can get him on a cheaper deal. So I think some teams are looking at it as a negative. It, I mean, it's definitely definitely fascinating, but just gosh, when we look at. No what these players do on their second deals. It is so significant. Give me the guy for one more year might cost me a bit more money, but honestly, in terms of, uh, you know, what you're going to pay out in a second contract, should you extend that, that player? I still think you're probably going to be saving a bargain, but I, I agree. would not be surprising for me. Like you said, for Brees Hall, uh, maybe to go in the, you know, one of the last picks of the first round, if a team does get antsy to trade up because, I, I think Brees Hall is easily 
uh, by far and away the safest running back prospect in this class for your fantasy teams and for your NFL roster, hands down. All right, so you're not ready to put him in the the Jonathan Taylor, Saquon Barkley level tier of prospect, which is fine. Um, would you consider it's close. Would you consider him a better prospect than Josh Jacobs, who was the first running back picked in 2019? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. I, agree with I, I, I think I, agree. I would take him above. Uh, so right now, if we're looking at, you know, the, the running backs you'd mentioned, uh, I would take Jonathan Taylor, Saqu- and this is purely as prospects. as prospects, Jonathan Taylor, Saquon Barkley, then Brees Hall, then Josh Jacobs. Uh, and the reason why this is important mentioning this, because people are probably wondering, why do we care about prospects? It's because of how you might value them pre-draft. Like if you have, if you're the, the third pick in your, your rookie draft, how much extra should you want to trade to go up to number one, to go get Brees Hall, right? That's why we're talking about him in this set. So just a couple more, uh, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, DeAndre Swift in the 2020 draft. I, I think, I think he's probably a better prospect than both of those guys. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. So uh, I would say out of all these guys, Brees Hall ranks ranks third for me as prospect. Okay. So a, a notch below the Jonathan Taylor spot, which is fine. I, that's, I, I agree with you. I don't think he's quite in that tier, uh, but maybe just below it. I want to talk that's about. That's also worth saying that I'd, I'd rather, I, like this is a position where I would be interested to trade up number one overall. Obviously you don't yes, have. Yes, I agree. Uh, that same value necessarily because you are going to have to pay up uh, especially considering the fact that there's not really a uh, you know a clear line of players behind him in terms of rankings mm-hmm. but I think he he's a pick that'll absolutely pay off a hundred percent I agree uh, let's take a quick break so we can tell you guys about built bar uh, this time of year, everybody's given up on their New Year's resolutions. They're not going to the gym anymore. They're starting to dive back into the junk food, but not us. And that's because we've got Built Bar by our side. Built Bars are the absolute best tasting protein bars on the market right now. Most Built Bars only contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, but 17, 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Plus, they have so many great flavors, including mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond. And the new flavor this month is white chocolate cookies and cream. They are all delicious, and they've got new flavors coming out all the time. So go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Uh, all right, a couple more Players from the the combine. I just wanted to mention, uh, actually, and I should I should have let you down this. Do you, do you want to talk about Kenneth Walker? Because I I know he's your guy. Uh, just speed for days, uh, blazing speed for days, and I I I'm just glad because the home run speed is the thing about Kenneth Walker that we saw over and over on the field. But I love that this translated to the combine and it translates back to the field. Ran an official 438. Uh just couldn't be more excited for Kenneth Walker uh and and just the way he was able to showcase that speed because um 
I mean, gosh, the breakaway speed, it reminds me of that of, you know, a Ronald Jones, a Nick Chubb. Mm. Oh, uh, and when like you Nick say Ronald Chubb, Jones, people just start getting like chills up their spine. Uh, you know what? We can say <laughs> that all we want, but we everybody was just as excited for Ronald Jones. So I think they understand that tingly feeling. But I mean, Nick Chubb, uh, you know, that's a guy that we see this home run speed from. And it didn't translate at the combine necessarily. So. I think Kenneth Walker uh, definitely bumped his stock, uh, even even if ever so slightly, because he very much confirmed everything that we've seen. We've just got to round him out uh, in terms of his receiving, and then he'll, he'll be just fine. Uh, so currently right now, he's actually running back three right now on Dynasty League football behind Isaiah Spiller, who didn't run at the combine. And that's a little bit interesting, considering everybody was running a sub four or five. Uh, are you shocked that Spiller didn't run? A little bit. And again, I try not to I try not to judge these players when they I don't know. run. Um, it's kind of like that whole concept. Uh, I don't know if any of you guys are law and order junkies, but uh, you know, you always see the the people who aren't testifying at their own trials, and the judge says, Now you can't hold this against him, that he's not he's not testifying at his own <laughs> trial. Uh, but you know, it is his right not to do that. And then, uh, you know, in the post, uh, post, uh, whatever trial interviews of the jury, they're like, yeah, but it's kind of weird. He didn't testify at his own trial. <laughs> and like, that's, that's what it feels like for me. And I'm trying to, trying to pace myself here, but, um, especially, you know, obviously like nobody participated in the bench press, but you had everybody running their 40 yard dash pretty much unless, you were coming off an injury, uh, and I, I just find it interesting that he did not. Um, you know, Isaiah Spiller, not necessarily the perfect prospect to begin with, uh, but I, I, you know, especially when you have Kenneth Walker, and I think those two are so close and tiered. I have Kenneth Walker ahead of Isaiah Spiller, but when, you know, NFL fans and fantasy football fans alike have you guys so closely tiered together, um, you know, and it's not like uh, Isaiah Spiller is uh, a receiving back to begin with. It, I feel like these two are easily pretty comparable, uh, but I think the fact that Kenneth Walker ran the 40 and he did so very well, I mean, that's got to give him the clear edge because why don't you run the 40 unless you're testing – very poorly. Uh, I don't disagree. Uh, a couple other guys I just want to mention. James Cook, running back from Georgia. I think we're going to profile him here in a week or two. But uh, ran really, really well. He ran a 4-4-240 at 200 pounds. Uh, not quite as big as his brother, uh, but, a, but a little bit faster. Uh, I just like him quite a bit. He's got a lot of really good production, 67 career receptions at Georgia. Averaged over 6.5 yards per carry. He's never been a workhorse back in college, but they also had a lot of really talented running backs in Georgia, Samir White, DeAndre Swift a couple years ago, uh, and he's had to play behind all of those guys. So I I think James Cook uh, had a great day at the Combine, and I think he's a value right now in, in your Dynasty Leagues. I'm looking at Dynasty League football right now, and his current draft position is 25. So you're getting him – in the third round of your rookie draft, I think he's better than that. Yeah, he's definitely a guy that I'm going to be considering in probably the late second round because I'm not going to want to miss out 
on James Cook, but like you mentioned, uh, comparable speed. I love that the the folks at the Combine uh, at Vol Network did this. They did the little uh, transposition mm-hmm. uh, showing Dalvin Cook and James Cook running the 40-yard dash simultaneously. I love that thing. So fun. Uh, but to see them like step and step, fantastic. But uh, you mentioned it. It's not necessarily the fact that uh, James Cook never got a full RB1 workload. But, um, you know, I think that that might be what's going to keep him out of maybe the second round of your rookie drafts. But like you said, it's I don't think it comes down to his inability to carry a workload. I think it's just got to do with the talent that has been around him, has preceded him. Um, So even an NFL team probably going to get a really nice steal uh, for that fact alone. And the only other running back that I wanted to mention was Notre Dame's Kyron Williams, who uh, I, I know <laughs> well, I know a lot of people really liked him going into the combine, and I understand that. I think he's a, a guy that can help out on passing downs and stuff. Currently RB9 on Dynasty League football, but he came in under 195 pounds and ran a 4.6540. The hit rate just in general, not factoring in weight of running backs that run – a four six five or worse is really really small. Then when you factor in the weight, he's probably only going to be able to be a part time player. So somebody who I thought lost a lot of value uh, this week is Kyron Williams. Yeah, I don't think there's any any running back that lost more in terms of uh, you know their value in dynasty drafts, let alone the NFL draft. Yeah. Um, his his draft stock took a very big hit on all ends. Yeah, it's really unfortunate because he is a good player. I just I, I don't see how he's a top 100 pick in the actual NFL draft, and it wouldn't even surprise me if he goes far later than that. Because if you don't have size and you don't have speed, you're just going to be a part time player in the NFL, and the league does not like to spend high picks on that type of player. So we'll see where he shall land. Uh, let's take one more quick break before we get to our mock draft Monday, uh, so we can tell you guys about Bet Online. Football might be over this season, but basketball is in full steam with both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fire coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds, right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. BetOnline, where the game starts. And if you need player performance help or player prop help, go to Kate. She's great at college basketball, NBA props. So. Uh, check her out on Twitter at FF Ball Blast. Uh, maybe she'd be at BB Ball Blast now, Kate. I uh, yeah, I'm I'm considering a career switch at this point. Um, I I'm gonna be <laughs> the Locked On Dynasty Basketball Podcast. I think that's that's my next step, guys. Uh, all right, mock draft Monday. This mock comes from Eric Crocker from uh, Locked On NFL Draft. A couple interesting landing spots here for some uh, guys that we care about. Let's start with the first receiver off the board. Garrett Wilson going to the Washington Commanders at pick 11. Do you like that fit? I do like that fit. I, I, I talked about it before, the the ability of, uh, you know, two Ohio State wide receivers just to absolutely dominate. Uh, Garrett Wilson 
you know, I, I think has kind of fell uh, in the wayside of our conversation here with the performance that Chris Olave, his teammate at OSU, put up on the board because he had an absolutely fantastic combine himself. But Garrett Wilson, I, I, I'm just absolutely he, he ran faster than Olave, which is shocking. He ran a four three, and nobody's talking about I that. I know, I know. Nobody's ta- literally nobody's talking about that. Um, but I mean, just hands for days, um, just speed for days. He's so, so good dominant. After the catch. I, he's I, he's so, so good after good. the catch. He's just a, such a great player, and I actually fit, think reuniting him with two other Ohio state receivers, Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel. I, my comp Gosh, you for, forget about Curtis Samuel. Uh, I know. How bad know. is that? My comp for Chris Olave is Terry McLaurin. So I think you add Terry McLaurin and Garrett Wilson together. And I think they make a lot of sense. I, I think that's a, a perfect fit. Now, what does Washington do at quarterback? Do they get somebody in free agency? We'll see, but Wilson and uh, McLaurin together, a lot of fun there. What do they do in free agency? Apparently they um, just call literally every single NFL team and say like, Hey, do you like your quarterback? Uh, yeah. Do you remember which, do you remember the last first round quarterback they drafted? Oh yeah. That was Dwayne Haskins from Ohio state. Uh, hashtag. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah ouch. Uh, hashtag ouch. Next one uh, at pick 13, Chris Olave, who we just got done talking about going to the Browns. Uh, do you like that fit with Baker Mayfield? I do, and I, I think uh, it's kind of the the perfect mix of uh, speed and mm-hmm. just – Chris Olave, he's a well-rounded prospect, but um, I, I like that you're uh, maybe sacrificing some of the speed of like an Anthony Schwartz, and I think you're getting a much more refined wide receiver. The question for me is what do you do with uh, Jarvis Landry? Does he remain? If, if – I'd move if, on. Uh, Condense your offense basically down to uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones and Chris Olave, sprinkle in Anthony Schwartz, and then just feature David Njoku in the running backs. Like, I almost think the Browns had too many weapons last year going into the season, and it kind of messed everybody up. They couldn't feed everybody enough uh, targets and touches. So, just- Do you think Chris Olave is strong enough to work as a team's alpha wide receiver one? Because that's what that, I think it comes down to. On that offense, yes. In a okay. run-first offense that uses a lot of the tight ends, yes, I, I do. Okay. So, I think uh, it's all right. Good. Let's keep moving on. Uh, Chargers, Jamison Williams. He did not work out at the combine, obviously coming back from the torn ACL. Uh, but it's hard to find a better fit than the Chargers for Williams. Uh, I, I definitely like that. Definitely bummed that. Uh, obviously he tore his ACL so late in the season because that's going to set him back a bit in terms of his ability to jump into the team, uh, jump in, get get that time in, those reps in with Justin Herbert. Um, I, I love the fit, but again, my disappointment comes from the fact that when when is he going to be ready for your offense? Because this is a team that I think needs – needs the help now more more so than later although i do really like it long term right if you can just kind of get past the idea that he might not be ready in september and october and just envision what that offense looks like in but not just 
Yeah. Not just that, but like a, all of these reps that you miss out because he's not ready. Exactly. Does that set just his entire rookie? And well, that's okay. If we're looking long-term, it doesn't necessarily matter, but we are in this window for the characters that I think is a, a win now. I, I don't disagree. It's why though I like the idea of, if like franchising Mike Williams and then drafting Jamison Williams. So that way, Okay. It would be ideal. we don't you're right we don't need him necessarily early in the year but the the goal is if we have all of these guys by January you're gonna have a hard time stopping us. That's that's absolutely I I like the move a lot more if yep. we've got Mike Williams under the tag. I 100% agree. Uh, a couple quarterback selections. Uh, which one do you like more, Kenny Pickett to the Saints or Malik Willis to the Steelers? Obviously, I like Malik Willis to the Steelers. Uh, well, you're, I, you're a Pittsburgh person. I thought you were going to say Kenny Pickett to the Saints. Your, your guy, Kenny Pickett. Uh, well, actually, I might I might say I prefer Kenny Pickett because that means he didn't get drafted to the Steelers. We talked mm. about the tiny hands. Um, I, I think Kenny Pickett's actually a really good fit for the Saints. Like we said, playing in the Dome, playing in the NFC South where he gets lots of domes, um, you know, eliminate the weather as a a factor and keep him out of Pittsburgh, please. But I mean, Malik Willis. So I'm going to liken this to, you know, what we saw. Um, You know, I I don't expect Malik Willis to start year one. There's been a lot of rumors that Mitch Trubisky could come in uh, and, Mm -hmm. and play, you know, sort of as a bridge year, but Malik Willis with, uh, you know, paired with a running back, like, Najee Harris, who is a capable receiver. Um, imagine the rushing offense that this could turn into. And that kind of takes you back to like old school Pittsburgh football, just, you know, pounding the pounding the football on offense and then yep. playing some really tough defense. Uh, that could really transport you back to the Steelers of yesteryear. I think Malik Willis would be such a great fit for that. Yeah, I actually like Marcus Mariota as the, the short-term bridge better for the Steelers than Trubisky, right? Because I think Mariota compared with Willis makes a lot of sense, right? Teach him about the ball security and being a little bit safer with the football, how to make reads. Uh, I think the Steelers could win nine, 10 games with Mariota as a quarterback this year. You let Malik Willis sit. I think it's just the best for, for everybody. Um, I want to get through a couple more of these because we've got a lot of interesting fits. Um, we'll go backwards. Traylon Burks goes to the Packers at 28. And then the Titans at pick 26 draft Christian Watson, the wide receiver from North Dakota State. So Watson going ahead of Traylon Burks. It's not 100% shocking because Watson tested as a far better athlete, six foot four. 10-inch hands, runs a 4-3-6 40-yard dash, was also really good at the Senior Bowl. Is that the type of receiver that would make sense in Tennessee with Ryan Tannehill, with A.J. Brown, and Derrick Henry? Well, it's kind of interesting that we juxtapose these picks back-to-back because this week we got the rumor that one of the three teams that really seems to be in the boat race here for Aaron Rodgers Mm -hmm. is the Tennessee Titans. So, man, they draft Christian Watson and they – finally give Aaron Rodgers the wide receiver that yep. he's ever ever yep. so wanted um I mean I think that would definitely be an interesting guy to put uh you know alongside AJ Brown um you know just tall lanky like just has this big 
uh, tall frame that, you know, maybe AJ Brown, uh, has some more of the, uh, the, the tough catches, but I mean, Christian Watson, you got to love the height. I do worry that it's a little bit, um, you know, falling in love. I worry that it's falling in love with the, the combine. Um, cause I, I do think like Traylon Burks going behind him is shocking to me because I think Traylon Burks is an athlete that though he didn't test as well as everybody wanted to, um, see him do, we still have the, the wealth of production that he's posted in college. And I think that, um, Again, this is kind of falling in love with a shiny new toy a little bit. I have a hard time believing that Traylon Burks is going to fall to pick 28 here, right? He's just too talented of a player. And my guess and kind of the whispers that we're hearing out of Burks' camp is that he he was at like 240, 245 after the season. He spent that time cutting 15 to 20 pounds. And he didn't run as well as maybe they were hoping for. And they've got a pro day later this month. Spend the next two or three days, three, two or three weeks, excuse me, working on that 40. And if he runs a four, four, five at his pro day, I don't think we're going to be talking about Christian Watson going ahead of Traylon Burks anymore. No, I, I and God, guys, uh, Traylon Burks, he, I mean, regardless of how much weight he cut after the season, still came in at 6'2, 225. Um, and, and ran a four five five. Like I, I'm yeah. not here to complain about that. Has uh, nine and seven eighth uh, inches hands. Like big boy mitts. Um, I'm, I'm buying the dip on Traylon Burks, and I, I don't think any NFL team is going to be, um, silly enough to let yeah. him drop that far. I'm not buying. I'm not buying Christian Watson at that. That yeah, he feels like a top of the second round, mid second round yes. guy, right? Yes. When you, 26 feels a little, a little high to me. So we'll see. We'll see how it all shakes out. But this is a good mock, some good landing spots for some of our favorite dynasty assets. No running back in the first round, though. So maybe Crocker doesn't agree with me that Brees Hall is a pretty elite running back prospect. But I wouldn't be surprised, Kate, if we start seeing more and more mocks over the next month with his name sneaking into the first round. Uh, we'll see how that plays out. Follow the show wherever you get your podcast: uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. You can check us out on YouTube, Locked On Dynasty on YouTube. Uh, follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Dynasty. You can follow Kate for now at FF Ball Blast. Uh, I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. Enjoy your week, everybody, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye, y'all.